Welcome to season two of Motivate Me, a show where we interview people who have incorporated a passion into their lives in order to inspire you, my fellow motivators, to do the same. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for stopping in again today to check on our progress here for our 50-state tour. We are in my hometown, which is Long Valley, New Jersey, and we are perched atop the mountain here in Schoolies Mountain. On top of the mountain is also the church where John and I got married, so I got to take the girls by there today, which was pretty neat. Sitting on the couch next to me in my family home is one of my favorite people on the planet. His name is Connor. And he is my nephew. So, Connor, I want to welcome you to the show, Mr. Connor Smith. Well, it's nice to uh, sit here and talk to my aunt for once in a couple months. Definitely. And you've been away at school, too. So we used to see each other all the time. And now that you're in the adult world, out doing your thing, um, and I've been cruising around doing mine, we haven't had a lot of time to see each other. But you, of all people that I know, are a super passionate person in general and I thought and I have no idea and I never have any idea what's going to come out of your mouth but um, I, I wanted to talk to you about that today so can you tell everybody what is your passion well as I said before my passion is to suffer and you probably you might want to stop me there but to really unpack it because that's just to preface it's I like to speak very bluntly and honestly and that's really the most basic way I can put it and to say I like to suffer people are like oh are you some kind of weird masochist I mean if you want to think about it like that I mean that's how you want to do things but it's it's much more than that and if you want to expound upon that tell everybody how old you are first and where you are in your stage of life and the direction you're headed first. And then we'll get further into that because I want to know exactly what you mean by that. And you know, when I spoke with you a few minutes ago before we started and asked you how you would sum up your passion and you said, suffering is my passion. I said, don't say one more word. We'll talk about it live because I don't know what's going to happen, but it's I, knowing you, it's going to be an honest conversation. So tell everybody a little bit about you first. Okay, preface who Connor Smith is. Uh, 22-year-old, recent graduate of Franciscan University of Steubenville. You have to say of Steubenville or else you abbreviate it F-U, and I don't think that's what they're going for. Um, I graduated with the Bachelor of Science in Biology, so I am a wealth of useless information for the most part. Um, I took some really good classes there, but... As far as where I'm coming from, where I'm going, um, joining the Navy, hopefully, by the end of the year, <laughs> um, become a part of the Navy, uh, Naval Special Warfare specifically. I don't really care to talk too much about that, but um, as far as my passion goes, 
to kind of unpack and expound upon um, suffering. It's to me, there's no such thing as meaningless suffering. Um, so you wake up every day and just getting out of bed, you meet resistance, right? It doesn't matter what it is like, uh, I have to go to work. Uh, it's five thirty. I don't want to get out of bed or as somebody in my position, uh, it's nine o'clock. I don't have anything to do. I have to go back to sleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it, there's just re resistance and to kind of fight that in order to work towards whatever goal you want that there must be suffering. And there are a lot of people who I've come across um, of all shapes and sizes, ages and backgrounds. They're like, they have a real aversion to suffering. That people like comfort. And that I just, I despise that because you can just get into this relaxed state of apathy. And I don't ever want to be that. And I mean, every day it's a struggle just to to not just fall into laziness because honestly being in America and having like all of these things that are supposed to make your life easier, that, that's, that's what it's there for. And it's fantastic. But like, people are just giving into that. And I, I don't think that's a, a bad thing to use that sort of stuff, but I like to be uncomfortable because it means one, I'm moving, I'm going in a direction. And even if I get completely lost or don't necessarily um, come to the outcome that I was seeking, it's still a learning process. And I said meaningless suffering before. That's There's no such thing um, as from where I come from basically my house um you know i'm catholic franciscan university of steubenville you probably could have surmised that's a very catholic school it's academically excellent passionately catholic that's actually their motto a part of that is you can whether you believe in this or not uh, you can offer up the things you do just to god for any intention or uh, some can say like can offer a prayer up for the souls in purgatory, the people who are suffering, who are in this state of being purified so then they can go and be with God, depending upon where you want to disagree with me, it's, it's fine, but um, I think it's a little bit less unreasonable to believe in God than to think that the Bible is the greatest work of fiction of all time. Well, and the thing is that you are talking about this on many different levels, I feel. I feel you're talking about suffering is good and meaningful because of your religious beliefs is I feel only one of three really opportunities here for you because the first thing you were talking about is how, you know, you don't want to be stagnant in your life. Like you want to accomplish things in your life. And the third thing that I know about you is and i believe and correct me if i'm wrong because this conversation between the two of us is it's really a lot of learning too for me about where you're at at this stage in the game but i feel like knowing that you want to go into the military suffering is synonymous with selflessness you know and the fact that 
you want to give to your country, protect people, be righteous at the same time. And I, I see that connection there too. Is that right? I mean, yeah. Typically when I explain certain things because my faith life is a pretty big part of my life, I like to approach things from more, a more secular point of view and then incorporate um, my faith life into it because some people may or may not be comfortable with um, just talking about God to begin with. But if you approach it like the, here are the actual benefits to you as a human, and then then you can go beyond that. It's um, I, I didn't by any means do a very good job at holistically unpacking it before, but yeah. Well, I think you did a really great job because I get exactly what you're saying. And knowing you, I also know how this ties in with, with why you want to go into the military. Well, I mean... That's, Visit our website, MotivateMePodcast.com, me for links to all of our uh, social media, for our Motivate Me YouTube channel, where we're posting video of our trip, and for an application so to be on the show. There is also the the Motivate Me merchandise on our site, as well as the ability to contribute a tank of gas or more to our road trip if you so desire. I mean, there are 191 episodes in like, season hey, one, and season two is going to, go to consist of the journey what my crew and I experience as we separate. travel around each of the um, 50 states interviewing people I, about I passion. Doing this by when we return, I think those episodes <laughs> will air, and that uh, will be season three. So let us take you on this journey, and let us motivate you to take action in your own life. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe Just and leave us a review on like, iTunes. This enables us to reach like out to more of a you. A meaningful way to suffer and offer it up for uh, whatever intention that may be on my mind, but just to train my brain to be comfortable in being uncomfortable because if you're uncomfortable with being comfortable, then you'll always be working towards it. You won't just sit around even though it's really easy to do. That's why I'm always moving. You can see my foot right now. I'm, I'm always like doing something. I'm always moving. And I know you walked for 24 hours straight. So, I mean, I'm curious, what do you think about what your Aunt Lynette's doing? Something outside of her comfort zone in each of the 50 states. What are your thoughts on that? I honestly think that's fantastic. I think somebody should do something that makes them uncomfortable like once a week, let alone straight for how many days? Two and a half months? Three months. Three months. 50 states in 90 days. And and in some of those states, we've done more than one thing that I've never done before. Today, we were sh we were skeet shooting. You saw that. You were amazing. Where did you get that skill, by the way? Uh, I was told by somebody very close to me at this very present uh, moment that it's in my genes, but I don't, I don't think that's something you pass on. I'm pretty sure since I nailed that skeet on the very first shot, and I've never shot one of those big guns before in my life, that you did get it from me. I'm just saying, especially because Mackenzie, she also nailed hers the first and second ones that she did. I was one and done. I said, one and done. I'm good. You even had the towel too. You didn't want, the, you want, didn't want to get the kick too bad. I know. Well, they scared me. They said it was going to push back into my shoulder and give me like some serious kickback, and I felt a little of that. And it's on my right shoulder, and on my left shoulder, I'm already having. Uh, I'm I'm nearly recovered from a mechanical bull 
running in Texas. Please picture me on a mechanical bull, please, okay? Because it was really attractive. It was, it was, I'm going to show you the video. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So where did this start for you? Um, I think it really started in high school, actually. My one, U my U.S. History 1 teacher, Mr. Nicolosi, um, an amazing human being, uh, he told the class back when the obstacle course races weren't so mainstream about uh, the Tough Mudder he did. And he showed us pictures one time. And I was like, when I can sign that death waiver, I'm doing it. And so the first year of college, I recruited one person. I got one person to do uh, Tough Mudder with me in West Virginia. And my life was hectic as a freshman in college going through all of this time management stuff and not particularly enjoying school to begin with. So <laughs> uh, trying to balance exercise and school didn't really work out. So the most I ran before this, it was like, like 10 and a half, 11 mile event. The most I ran was six miles ever before the event. And just so you know, that's like five miles more than I've ever ran. <laughs> you didn't get that gene for me. And uh, it, it was in West Virginia. It was actually the first Tough Mudder to straddle two states. And it was sadly also the first Tough Mudder somebody uh, actually died at. And if you know anything about West Virginia or Virginia, it's super hilly. And so I really learned a whole lot about myself going well afterwards because one of the things I was set out to do at this Tough Mudder was never stop jogging. Doesn't matter how slow I was going. That was my one goal. And I only broke down a couple times on uh near the top of a hill, but pretty much for the entire time I was keeping up a good jog. And towards the end of it my friend's hip flexor was really like cramping up on him. So I just took him over my shoulder and we finished together and uh, looking back now um when you say took him older, over your shoulder like what just just his arm just his arm to like kind of bear some of his weight going into his right leg I'm pretty sure it was um but I mean by that time it, we were out there for three hours we were both fatigued so uh just helping him get to the end it was really eye-opening then and now how I was completely physically unprepared by any any sort of metric. I was completely physically unprepared to do this. I I was just surprised at how good I was at suffering and how much it, it didn't make me feel alive. It just made me feel fulfilled in just being human as, as a, a uh, defect of personhood, just existing. Suffering is inherent to living, and to shun that or embrace that is to impart. Now there are caveats. Impart to shun uh, any sort of meaningful progress. You know that's something I talk about on the show all the time. Is that the roles that we play, right? are not our purpose. Our purpose is the feeling we get 
from the roles that we play. And I feel like what you identified at that moment was that suffering is, is part of your purpose because it's that feeling like you literally kind of had some kind of, I don't know if it was an epiphany, awakening, some kind of connect with something that really you felt and meant something to you. Well, I mean, we can talk about, that's an interesting definition of uh, purpose and that we can definitely have a whole conversation just about that. But uh, I think in, in that instance, that would probably be, if not the definition of my purpose of being there, uh, pretty close to it. So what do you think through this, like through this clarity, what do you think you've learned about yourself? Well, to like introspect about just like the physical, I, I've definitely learned not just about myself, but others as well, is we can easily, so much easily do 20 times more than anything we can even fathom. And all we have to do is mentally push through. It's like, your body's going to be fine. It's, it's going to be totally fine. You've seen people come back from horrific car accidents. And they didn't want to be in a car accident, but it happened to them and their body was fine. Uh, and, I mean, you see all these other guys who push themselves like elite athletes, push themselves so hard to achieve peak performance in whatever discipline they want. And, I mean, anybody can do their peak performance in whatever event they want. They just need to just get through the muck and deal with the pain. And that's that's kind of what I enjoy doing. I, I enjoy telling my body no. When your arms and legs are tired, they want to quit, no. And, and that's kind of one of my favorite hobbies that self-mastery enough to be able to just laugh through whatever um, storm you're currently in, whether you brought it upon yourself or not. And that's like you and I were talking about something earlier today. We were saying that your thoughts are everything and you control your body through your through your thoughts. And I was saying to you that everybody says to us in each state, you guys must be so tired. And it's not that we're not tired. I mean, I didn't even get to putting on makeup today, right? Because yesterday we were in Philadelphia, Michael and Mackenzie got engaged and it was a late night and we had to get up and we had to come here and I didn't even get to put makeup on today. Of course, I look ex extra exhausted because of that today. But, you know, yeah, we could easily say that we're tired. But, you know, the thing is, in my mind, I, like tomorrow's going to be a huge day for us. I have to get up at 5.30 in the morning and we're going to be spending half of the day in Vermont and half of the day in New Hampshire, staying over in New Hampshire. So it's a huge day, what we have planned for tomorrow. But I'm going to pop out of bed like a piece of toast because my body's going to be ready to go because I'm pumped up to do it. I already envision what's going on. And, and I've been like that every single day because of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, especially with sleep. Sleep's very interesting to go with or without. <laughs> um, it just 
like one of those extra things to add on your plate of suffering. And personally, I I prefer you without makeup, but that's just me being a sweetheart. That nicely said. Two points for you, Connor. <laughs> so, what do you think is your greatest challenge keeping this passion in your life? Well, I mean, just going for a run. <laughs> like just every day or doing just something physical every day because it's not in perspective wise I could say that it's easy to go for an hour run because I do it so frequently but that doesn't mean I want to do it especially if you're going to train a specific way on a specific day um probably to keep it alive it helps to find other people who are like you if you want to if you're actually passionate, you know this. That's why you got two new friends. <laughs> um, but that's to have that community and to have people who are also around you to help motivate you and that you can contribute to something and have the people in your group contribute to you. It's fantastic. And that's that's kind of why uh, why I want to join the Navy. It's for the the teamwork and the brotherhood and having others there who are like minded, who are willing to just push and push and push and push. Well, I I know your direction in the Navy, and I know that if anybody can do that, it's you. You know. Well, thanks. <laughs> so, what would your advice be to other people about pursuing their passions? Well, the first step is action. That that's that's always the first step. You're not going to do anything sitting on the couch at home. Like now, Connor, you're going against my plan because my <laughs> formula is that the third step is action. First step is to envision something to, for yourself. In my mind, I mean, but you can and you can disagree, which you will if you want to, because I know you. But my first step is envision something for yourself, then explore what it would take, and then act on it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, that makes logical sense. You're just talking about like physical suffering. Most people understand what that means in their own life um, already, whether that's like going on a diet, starting a new workout routine, whatever you want that to be, uh, like remodeling the house because that sucks too. <laughs> um, it's just you have to decide now. You have to make peace with what you need to do, what you have to do, what you're required to do now. So that when whatever you are faced with, you come in contact with, you're already in the mindset of, yeah, this is going to get done. And that's actually been a really interesting, that was an interesting turning point when I thought of that at first. Uh, what was it? It was probably around this time last year. And it's just... As you said, the the aforementioned mental preparation. You have to envision it and then go. And I mean, I like to just I'm I tend to be more rash. <laughs> and so I just I I go out and I do things and then I think about it. <laughs> think about it later. Yeah. yeah. I'm no, I'm not like I'm not like that at all. <laughs> so when when I just think about doing something you can say i 
it the envision is an afterthought because I've already jumped in the deep end and <laughs> and now you're envisioning getting out. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find a ladder somewhere. I just want to thank you so much. This was a really great conversation, just like we always have, and it makes me super happy. So thank you for being a part of of my time on the road. It was so great to stop home and really unexpected that I got to hang out with you today. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for talking to me. I love you. Remember, everybody, you motivate me. And you motivate me. Connor Smith. That's it. I'm Lynette Renda.